This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. What a powerful time of worship this morning. Will you just thank the Lord for our worship team? We are so blessed and are thankful for their ministry today. Well, it's so good to see you. Those that are here in the building, thank you for worshiping with us and being a part of our services. Those that are watching by way of live stream, God bless you. Our CLC family, wherever you may be, we are so honored that you're worshiping with us today. Today, we're going to uh, begin a new sermon series. Let me see if I can switch over. We're going to be beginning a new sermon series that's going to lead up not only to our Christmas production that's going to be in a couple weeks. And boy, uh, this year, our team is working very hard and a lot of preparation for our Christmas production. It's going to be in two weeks. You probably already started seeing the service times, 9 a.m., 11.30 a.m., two different services. Sunrise Campus is going to be joining us also, and it's going to just be a powerful production. We're excited about it. And we're leading into that with this series called Hope in the Dark. Say that with me, Hope in the Dark. And we're going to begin to explore different themes that are centered around and even different biblical characters that are centered around, of course, the birth of Christ. The birth of Christ is the, is the, the event for us. There's two huge events in Christianity, and it's the birth of Christ and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's why two times a year, I mean, we just celebrate. And I love Christmas and Easter when it comes to our faith, because those are the times that we get to really celebrate celebrate what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so in the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at these themes. Christmas production on the 12th of December is going to be a powerful, powerful uh, morning. And I hope that you're going to make plans to be a part of it. We're going to be looking today at Mary. As we look at this young, young virgin, virgin girl, Mary, it's going to bring to us some, if it would be lessons, some lessons that I think that are going to uh, be the very thing that I pray will be used to bring an illumination and just bring hope in the midst of maybe uncertainty, some unknowns of our life, some times where we're seeking for answers. I believe there's some answers that Mary gives to us from her life. We're going to open this altar in a few moments. And I believe that as we open the altar, many that are in this room and those, we're going to leave the camera rolling, that are watching by way of live stream, that there's just going to be a release of the Spirit. I prayed it a moment ago, that the gifts of the Spirit, that there would be a release of the Spirit of God and that God would bring peace. And boy, peace sometimes is something that we, uh, we don't realize how powerful peace is in our life. But when we live in a world of chaos... When we walk out of the presence of God, out of a sanctuary or or service or prayer times, and we enter back into a world of darkness, when you've got the peace of God in your heart, man, it makes everything else just make sense, but it gives you a joy and a comfort and a peace that enables you as you walk through those times. And so we're uh, believing God's going to release peace in this place today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what, what you're walking through. I don't know what you've come to this service with today. But in a few moments, we're going to be able to lay that down. And in the midst of uncertainty, in the unknowns of life, I believe that there's going to be a release of peace over you. So, Father, as I open your word now, I just pray that your anointed word will be anointed to my heart, our hearts, our spirits. And that, Father, we would embrace it, receive it. And that, Father, before we walk out of this service today... That, Father, peace and joy and thanksgiving would be released to the people of God. 
And all God's people said, amen and amen. Let it be, let it be. The title of the message today is Into the Unknown. We're going to look at Mary and we're going to look at a couple scriptures where the angel comes and speaks to Mary, but into the unknown. Now, for many parents, you will know the 2019 Disney version of Frozen, Frozen 2, had a theme song and it was that title into the unknown. When asked why they titled that and the meaning of the song, the uh, and, and when the movie came out, the president of Disney Animation Studio stated that the anthem song Into the Unknown communicates the idea to both kids and adults. So it was communicating this thought that you're being called to go to do something. You don't know what it is or where it's going to lead you, but you're being called to something. Now, that was in the theme song of Frozen 2, but that sounds like a spiritual principle, that God is calling you and I to do something. We don't know maybe what exactly it is or where it's going to lead us, and all the followers of God can say amen to that. We don't know where God is going to lead us, but we know that he's calling, and as he's calling, we're following, and as we're following, we know that his presence will be with us. Can I hear an amen. And so today we're going to talk about this promise, the promise of God that's calling you. The promise of God is linked always to a process. That process is what's going to develop you. It's what's going to strengthen you. And it's what's going to enable you to step into the promise that God has for you. Every promise, say it with me, every promise has a process. And as we walk through that process, I'm believing that God illuminates and opens our eyes and helps us as we walk into his will and his purpose. But sometimes in the process, we enter into seasons of unknown. We enter into the unexpected. We enter into a moment maybe where it feels like there's darkness. We're moving towards God's purpose, God's promise. We're moving to what God has. But in that journey, that process, there are so many uncertainties. We see it. We understand it. We know God has said it to us mentally. Logically, we can understand that there is a promise and we want to hold on to it. But in the process... There's a lot of uncertainties. Am I talking to somebody today? And I believe that we're going to get an illumination today to understand what God does in the process. Now, every Christmas, as we begin to focus on the, the Christmas message and the story of the birth of Christ, we come to an understanding that God gave his greatest gift. The greatest gift that we could ever receive in giving us his son. Why is that important? It's because it's through the birth of Christ and through the life of Christ and in the death and resurrection of Christ that you and I find eternal hope, peace, and joy. And most of all, we find a relationship with God that was broken because of sin. Can I hear an amen? That God gave us the greatest gift and that was the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And the story of Christmas talks about how Christ came into the world. Now, Mary, for background purposes, Mary was a poor, uh, uh, in many ways, insignificant. Uh, she came from a, a poor, insignificant town. In fact, if you ever go with us to Israel, the tour guides don't even take us uh, to the place that Mary came from. They don't take us there. It's a, it's a little village. There's nothing there. I've said, can't you take us there? There's nothing there. And that's what it was when Jesus was coming uh, into the world, being given uh, to, to Mary. We see that it was to a very humble family, a family of, of low means, if it would be, low expectations that was going to come uh, out of this. And this is where Jesus begins to, to come to you and I in the understanding that Mary was this young virgin that God was going to come and speak to and the angel was going to bring a revelation to. And suddenly, Mary is going to be confronted 
with this news of the very unexpected pregnancy and just put yourself, ladies, put yourself there for a moment. The, the unexpected news, here she is a virgin, but she's about to experience something that's gonna lead her into a process of un, un, the, the unexpected, the unfamiliar, the, the unknown. And yet as she begins to imagine, she must have thought a hundred thousand times maybe, how is this possible? How can this happen? Well, let me take you to the scripture. Matthew chapter one and verse 18 is where I want us to look. Matthew 1, 18, click over there, turn there. Let me read a couple verses, then I'm gonna jump over to Luke chapter one. So you may want to get ready to turn there or click there as well. In Matthew chapter one, in verse 18, we have this story. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, Messiah is the anointed one, the one that's been appointed, the anointed one to bring you peace with God, how the Messiah uh, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was, a, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, can you imagine the choice that is before Mary here? I mean, what's happening before Mary and the choice of, 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 of becoming the, 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 the one that would give birth to the Messiah will forever change her life. But the promise of what was going to come had this process and she must embrace it. She has to receive it. And yet in receiving it, the journey towards the promise was going to bring a life of suspicion. It was going to bring shame that would hang over her and her family for the rest of her life. It would cause her to, to be in a place where she would suffer uh, untold pain and grief. And yet as she comes to understand what the Messiah will mean, not only for her and her family, but for all of eternity, she must embrace the promise that was before her. Now, no doubt, Mary is confronted with fear. She's confronted with, how can this be? How will I become pregnant? What is this? She must have asked herself a, a thousand times, what are my parents going to think? What, what are my friends going to think? What are others going to think? My classmates, those at church, the temple, what are people going to think? In fact, probably the greatest, the greatest question she wrestled with is what is Joseph going to think? Now, next week, we're going to be looking at the life of Joseph. I have special guests. I have uh, the district leadership of the Jamaican Assemblies of God that will be with us next uh, week from Jamaica, from the Assemblies of God. And they're going to be sharing with us in our theme from the perspective of Joseph. But Mary must have been thinking, what will Joseph think? Now, ladies, if you put yourself in that place, if society today was in this moment, I can guarantee you there would have been the thoughts here in our 21st century, here in America, what was going through her mind as maybe she went to Walmart or CVS or, or Walgreens and got a pregnancy test and it shows that she is pregnant. All of a sudden she's reaching out and she's thinking, oh my goodness, maybe Maybe it even went through her mind. I don't know. It would have went maybe through many minds today here in the 21st century. Is there a plan B? Is there another way? Is there some other way that we can do this? And yet Mary is embracing a process that's going to lead to a promise. But it was a choice that she had to make and she had to embrace the journey that she was going to be on. Now, there lies the secret for you and I. 
Because many times we want the promise. We want what's going to come from that which the angel or the Lord has said to us. Maybe the dreams and the visions that God has given to us. But it's in the process that sometimes we abort the promise. And boy, I'm telling you, in the 21st century, there would have been many that would have wrestled with this. And yet Mary stood and she chose to overcome the fear and the uncertainty of what the process was going to reveal. And she was determined that she was going to walk. When you look at Mary, and we're going to see her responses and her, in, 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 in her reactions, you see one that faces the fear and the uncertainty. And as she does, she's going to bring the promise that's going to give you and I, not only her, but you and I, eternal life with God the Father. Can we just say thank you, Lord? Look with me over in Luke chapter 1. Luke 1, verse 30. But the angel said to her, picking it up over the same story, over in the book of Luke, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Now, those are some great words, and I hope that each and every one of us are living our lives to hear those words from the Lord. Can I just hear amen? You have found favor with God. Man, that's a sermon right there. Favor with God. Now, I'm telling you today, as you walk in this process that'll lead to the promise, you've got to learn how to overcome the fear and the uncertainties of that journey. But when you do, you will find, say it with me, favor with God. Turn to somebody and say, favor is coming your way. Oh, come on, say it, with, say it with some prophetic unction in it. Favor is coming your way. Somebody right now is watching by way of live stream. I'm telling you, favor is coming your way. You've not been able to get out of that hospital or you've not been able to get out of that living room. You can't get out of that chair. But I'm here to tell you today, say it with me, favor is coming your way. We receive it. In Jesus' name, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, I'm telling you, that's a word for still today. The kingdom of Christ will never end. And the Bible is predicting what we are walking into. And as we walk into this, it's a part of the process to the future promise for you and I as believers. And that future promise is that we're going to be with him forever. We will rule with him. We will reign with him. We will be in eternity with him. We are in the promise. We're right now in this process to a promise as believers. But we have to walk in this process with eyes that are open. Yes, there's fear. Yes, there's uncertainty. But there is an eternal promise that has been predicted and prophesied from the beginning. And we are in a process that's leading us to an eternal promise. And in that, Father, I pray you'll give us give us faith. Give us strength. Help us overcome fear and uncertainty. Oh, his kingdom will never end. Mary asked, how will this be? I am a virgin. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Fully God, a part of the deity of the heavens. We sang about it today, the, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the three in one, the Trinity. He was a part of the deity, fully God, and takes on the form of a man, walks this earth, walks this life, walks through the same emotions that you and I walk through. Why? So that he could walk through a process that will get to a place that gives you and I a promise. And that promise is eternal life with God the Father. 
Why is Christmas so important? It's because you and I get a place where we can understand with a revelation that there is a moment that we come to a realization of what Jesus Christ provides for us, and that's peace with God the Father. Can I hear an amen? Mary says, how can this be? And yet Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said, may it come true. Now in that statement, I'm telling you it's powerful because when you look at that statement of Mary, it's a statement of faith. From all accounts, uh, we see Mary is standing strong in her character. She's standing with courage. And we see that she's moving towards the promise of what God had and what God had revealed to her. And when we look at that in our own faith, we can begin to say, God, I pray that I would have the same strength and courage as I'm in my process towards the promises here in this life, but ultimately in eternity in the life to come, give me that kind of strength and courage. Maybe you've heard the familiar song, often we sing it, Mary, did you know? It's a song that's addressing Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the lyrics of the song was written by a comedian, really a, a, a songwriter, a, a singer, but mostly a comedian, Mark Lowry. And Mark Lowry wrote that song in 1984. It was a song that was written, and the lyrics of the song was written actually for a church uh, uh, Christmas play. And in between each scene, there would be this song that was being sung that would begin to, if it would be, uh, answer or have these questions, a series of questions that, that he would like to ask Mary, Mark Lowry, who was writing it. Questions that he would like to, to ask Mary. Mary, did you know? And as he wrote that song, and, and now it's sung every year somewhere, you'll hear that song. These questions that are, that are being used in between the scenes of the play brings us back to these questions that maybe Mary was pondering. Did she really understand? And yet God found favor with her because he needed he needed her to, 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 to release the promise of what would bring eternal life for you and me. Mary, did you know? Now, the thing that I would like to ask Mary is, Mary, as you overcame that fear, as you overcame the uncertainty of the moment of what you were walking through, Man, what was it that gave you the strength? What was it that gave you the courage? What was it that kept you in the guilt, the shame, and the condemnation of society that was all around you, that kept you in your promise? As you were moving towards that, what was it? Well, today I believe that there's a few things that I could speculate from her life, from that that comes from her life, that gives her courage, that helps her in the journey. I believe, if you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. I believe that in seasons of uncertainty, when we're in this process, I preach a lot about the process because you and I are a work in progress and we're in a process to a promise. And in those seasons of uncertainty, in those moments where it seems like there's darkness all around us, can I tell you that the journey to the unknown will always involve Write it down, the unexpected. The unknown involves the unexpected. What do you mean, pastor? Well, when I'm moving in the process towards the promise, there is going to be, yes, fear and uncertainty, but there's going to be so much that I'm not going to expect. Here, Mary is not understanding all that's going to come. And yet we find the courage and the strength that she has that pushes her forward. What I've learned in my own life, and I suggest to you, is that when we're in the process and we enter into seasons of the unexpected, we don't understand the uncertainties of the moment, the darkness. I must, and you and I must understand that there's power when we receive the word of God into our hearts. 
What helps me to stand in life's unexpected curves is that I can stand knowing who he is and the word of God that's been presented to me through the, the, through the writers of scripture. I can stand knowing that no matter what fear or uncertainty of the moment or the time that's around, the word of God is that which will enable me to stand strong. Therefore, no matter what I face, and boy, church, this is a word for us today because we're in a season of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen next. Will there be another lockdown? Will another country be closed? Will this happen or that happen? I had a guest speaker that was going to be coming to a revival for us. He said, I can't get out of my country now. I I can't leave. There's so much uncertainty that's around us. Can I tell you, in the darkness, it doesn't have to crush you. In the darkness, you don't have to feel like you're lost or you're uncertain or you don't know where you're going. Why? There's a promise and that promise will light the way for you and I. And it's lit through the word of God. Boy, the conviction that's been rising more and more in my own heart is in these seasons of darkness and uncertainty, what guides you and I is God's word. Therefore, I've got to receive it. My encouragement is begin to develop a time of personal devotion with the Lord. Don't let Sunday be enough. Don't let Sunday be the only time that you get with the Lord. Don't let just a few minutes social feed on your social site be all of of the spiritual nourishment that you're getting. Set time aside to get into the word, to pray and to seek God because it will be the foundation that will guide you and I as we receive the word through the promise. It will guide us to that promise that God has given to us. I love what Mary said. Luke 138, Mary said, Behold, I am what? The servant of the Lord. I'm in a process. It's dark. There's uncertainties. There's so much I don't know. But Father, I stand knowing as I'm moving towards the promise of what you have for me, I know that I am your servant and therefore I can take hope in that and I can stand strong in uncertainty. I may not know how, I may not know where he's leading, but I know this, God, you've led others and you're going to lead me. There's been others that have walked through darkness and you saw them through and God, I take courage today that what? You're gonna lead me as well. If you've done it for others, will you do it for me? Others have gone before us. In fact, church, they're cheering us on. It's our time. We're running this race. They went through darkness. They went through uncertainty, just like you and I. But we can keep our eye on the eternal promise that one day we will be with him and he will see us through. Man, Mary's words are an example to you and I. All that would follow the Lord, that no matter what my obstacle may be, no matter what the cost or the danger may be. I'm telling you, we're getting ready to go in to a season as the church where the end time revelation of what we're going through has been predicted and there will be cost and there will be danger and there will be uncertainty and there will be obstacles. But do not faint because God is with you if you hold on to the word. I'm telling you. Man, we can look to him and we can look at the example of Mary. When we look around, we can see what Mary said in the declaration of her faith was, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said happen to me. What was Mary saying is, God, your will be done. No matter what the uncertainties of my darkness may be, the pain and the suffering of what I'm going through, no matter what the chaos of society is showing me, God, may your will be done. In the season of the unexpected, we receive the word. But can I tell you, just receiving the word is not enough. We have to be obedient to the word. There are many that are hearing the word, but they're not living the word. 
They're not activating their faith. They're not standing on the promises of the truth. We're coming into a time where the purity of our faith will be tested. The scripture says it will go through fire. And we've got to strengthen our faith. And can I tell you, you strengthen your faith by being obedient to the word of God. Exodus 19, from the very beginning, if, it's a conditional promise. That means if we do something, then something will happen. That's called a conditional promise. If you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be treasured and you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine. Man, when we look at this, I'm telling you that a life of obedience will unlock the favor of God in your life. When you're in a season of unknown in the darkness, when you're in a season of uncertainty, you've received the word of God and now you walk in obedience. You keep walking. It may tough, it may be difficult. It may mean that you've got to discipline a lot in your life. It may take a lot of development. In fact, the greatest challenge for believers is disciplining their desires. But the greatest walk that you and I could ever have is a walk of obedience because in the walk of obedience, it strengthens your faith. And when it's strengthening your faith, it's bringing the peace and favor of God in your life. Why have our children, why have so many of us have had, had so much that has come upon us that has brought consequences that are so painful and, and so hurtful in our life? causes so much suffering is because we don't walk in obedience and because we get out of the walk of righteousness and the walk of obedience, we find ourselves living a life of disobedience and in disobedience, it brings correction into our life. It brings consequences to our life. It brings pain and suffering to our life. But if we will walk that walk of obedience, it will bring the peace of God into our life. James 1, do not merely listen to the word because if you do, if you only listen, you can deceive yourself, but do what it says. Man, I made a determination in my life long ago that in every sermon, no matter who preaches it, no matter where I'm at, Lord, I want to hear it and I want to act upon it. I might have heard that message, that word, that scripture a hundred times, but there's something, there's a rhema word for me in that word today and whatever it is, illuminate it to me so that I find strength in my walk with you because that's obedience in my faith and obedience brings peace and favor from you. See, my obedience is expressed. It's expressed in my walk to God. And as I walk with him, he will strengthen my, my faith. But what I've learned is in the process, in the dark, in times of uncertainty, in seasons where things are unexpected, what I've learned is that fear comes in like a flood. Boy, when I don't see what my next step is, when I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this, how I'm gonna, how I'm gonna make it happen or how God's gonna make it happen, fear begins to come in. And it comes like a flood. And if you haven't learned it, if you haven't experienced it, fear can paralyze your faith. Do you know that, spirit, that fear is a spirit? The spirit of fear. Why is it so powerful? And why is it something that the enemy uses so much? Is because fear is Satan's way into your life. Faith is what connects you to God. And faith is what brings you closer to God. Faith is what activates miracles of God and the blessings of God. But it's fear that opens up a door for Satan to begin to torment, especially the followers of God. Fear is something that Satan uses. Fear is a dead end where faith always has a future. Fear is believing the negative, where faith is believing what God says is possible, even though it looks impossible. My faith can rise up and take hope, knowing that he will make a way. Fear will paralyze my faith. 
If you hear anything today, hear me. You've got to fight fear in the process. In the process, there is fear and that fear will attack your faith and it'll try to get you to abort the promise and to get you off the path and to give up on that which God has revealed. You've got to fight against it. And there's lots of fears in our life. There can be fear over things or animals or over failure or authority or people in our life, a fear of rejection. There's so many fears that we can have, but we've got to fight against One of the things that I've learned is what I feed in my own life is what will grow. If I feed my faith in my walk of obedience, in receiving the word and taking a hold of the word, that will grow faith and strength in my life. But if I feed my fear, if I fear, if I feed the, the negatives and the what ifs and, and if this happens and, and never, this is never going to happen. And let me tell you, fight against that, that this will never happen. What do you mean? Well, my family will never come to love you. My children will never follow you. Fight that because that's a fear that will abort the promise of God. I will never have a home. I will never have a good job. I will never graduate. I will never, never, never. That is fear that gets you out of the process of the promise of what God has for you. Speak faith. Let words of faith come out of your mouth. Speak faith into the promises of what God has because it builds your faith. It builds and gives you a strength. Mary. Mary was told that this is what will happen, but fear comes and grips her. Mary knew what would happen because she was told, but she didn't know how it was going to happen. And in the journey, we don't know the hows, but God begins to reveal to you and I. The second thing I want you to understand today is that the journey into the unknown often requires a waiting season. You see, in the process, there's a lot of uncertainties and unknowns. You're, you're, you're in the darkness. But there's also a waiting process. Have you ever been in a waiting process when it comes to God? Have you found that God's not in a hurry? And sometimes I even think God's missed the deadline. I know it. People say it. God's never late. He's always on time. I hear you say that, but I'm thinking, God, you're late. Anybody, you can kind of, just kind of. I mean, what I've learned is in the process, man, there's a waiting season. Now, ladies, you know, how many months is it going to take to give birth? (laughs) Nine months. Mary had a a nine-month journey. I don't know how long your waiting season will be. Do you know my longest waiting season was seven years? That was my longest waiting season where I knew that there was a promise. Nobody understood it. In fact, I couldn't really share it. I was actually embarrassed to share what I felt like God had told me. When I shared it with my wife, she rejected it. Not in a negative way, not like Job's wife, but, but, but God's blessing us here because it had something to do with my future and our future and our ministry and actually why we're here today. And it was seven years. And in the journey of that waiting season, Satan brought things in that have gotten me distracted if I would have embraced it. And that's why you can't take your eyes off of the promise. When you're in the process, there is a waiting season and you must be careful because the enemy will bring many things your way to get you distracted and detoured and discouraged and to get you disqualified and get you off of the process of what God has for you. Seven years. I remember I used to think, I don't know how it will happen. God, I don't even know how that would ever take place. And yet there was something that was growing and I was in a process and I was being faithful to the now and what God had called me to do in the now, but there was something that was leading me towards a promise of what I knew was the call of God. And I had to stay focused 
Say, God, I will not be distracted, detoured. For many of us, we have to pray, God, help me not be disqualified. Especially those of you who want to be used by God, the enemy will do everything to disqualify you. Stay focused, stay intentional. Say, God, I want to walk towards your will and your purpose. And as long as I'm in your will, no matter how long the waiting season, God, my eyes are on you. There was another time that I waited four years. Now, that was a promise for the church. That was in our former church. Candy and I have only pastored two churches. And in Vienna Christian Center, I always mix these up now when I start twisting my tongue. Vienna Christian and Christian Life Center in VCC, Vienna Christian Center, we were in a small building. I mean, it was small. It, was, it, it, it could only hold about 300 people. And at that time, the church was just growing, and we went from one service to two, to six, to eight, to nine. We were doing three services on Saturday and six services on Sunday. I don't know. I was young then. I don't know how I would do it today, but... But we had nine services. We had campus pastors that were working with us and we were growing, but it was all in one building. We had timelines and we had to stay on those timelines and, 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 and it was just a constant transition and we were praying, God, help us. Help us to find a larger building. Help us to find another facility. But we were in Europe and in Europe, we were considered a sect. A sect is a, is a, a form of an occult in their mindset, because we were not a Catholic church, we were like an occult church. So banks would not loan us money and we couldn't get rent, we couldn't get facilities and we looked everywhere. We would go to this building, to that building, to this building. We tried to get loans and we couldn't get them. I remember there was two or three locations that we looked at and I thought this would be perfect, God, for the growth and the expansion and every door would close. I remember, I remember saying, God, how is this ever going to happen? The point is in our life, there is a process. And in the process to the promise, Mary went through it. The saints of old went through it. You and I will go through it. There's uncertainty, but there's also seasons of waiting. Now, all I can say to you is in those seasons of waiting, don't forget your purpose. Don't forget, understand that you have a purpose and that purpose is from God. And if you don't understand your purpose, that's why we're here as a church. We exist to help you to understand your purpose in God. If I can say it simply, it's to experience God, to grow in God, to learn to walk with God, to love God, to be filled with the spirit of God. That's God's purpose. God's purpose is that you connect with one another. We don't walk alone, that we walk together, that we serve God by using the gifts that God has given to us because that's the anointing of God that he's placed within you and you release that anointing in ministry. And if you're not using that gift, something in you is dying. Something in you is not coming to life because God created you with gifts and those gifts are released. And as they're released, it's the anointing of God. So we come together as the people of God to serve one another in the journey. Christianity was never about a few people on a stage, but it was about the people of God serving one another to grow our faith to be what God wants us to be. And so we experience God, we connect together, we serve God by serving one another. And lastly, we are messengers of hope. Say it with me, we take a message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. Don't forget your purpose. In that season of waiting, I've learned that I've just got to persevere. I've got to persevere. I've got to press through. Perseverance is that I, I hold up under the weight, the weight of everything that's happening that could crush me, that would get me distracted. I just keep pushing through. I don't believe the lie of the enemy. I don't open the door of fear in my life. I don't believe the, the never lie. I keep pushing on and pushing through and pushing in, knowing that God would release that breakthrough. I love what Paul says in Romans 12. Look on the screen. Romans 12, 
12, verse 12, he says this to you and I, and I love it. He gives us three points that helps us understand a waiting season. Rejoice in what? Hope. Hope in what? Hope in God. Rejoice, we did it today. That's why I had our our worship team stay and just lead us in more worship and prayer because we're rejoicing in who God is. We exalt you, oh God. We praise you, oh God. When you rejoice like that, it builds your strength and your faith to persevere through the seasons of waiting. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. You know what that means? Again, I said it a minute, it basically just means endure. Now, when you're in the process and there is uncertainty, there's darkness, there's seasons of waiting, <laughs> endure. Be patient. When tribulation is coming, endure. When things are uncertain and everything is collapsing and chaos is happening all around, he says what? Endure. Be patient. Bear up underneath it. You see, if you have a strong faith, this encourages you. If your faith is strong and things are happening to you, it's like, okay, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through. I don't know why this is all happening. It seems like all hell is breaking loose, but I know in whom I believe and I'm not gonna give in. My faith is set like a flint. The weight, things aren't going well with your family. Things aren't going well with your health. Things aren't going well in your finances. Things aren't going well in your marriage. Guess what? Just endure, persevere, keep walking, keep holding on, keep rejoicing. And thirdly, be constant in just keep waiting on God. Keep getting into the, in the presence of God and communing with God. Get alone with God. Because when you do, God is strengthening you. So in that season of waiting, I don't forget my purpose. I keep persevering. And I keep my eye on that promise. You see, what's happened the last 20 months and what happens maybe in the next 20 months It hasn't shaken my faith. It really hasn't. All of what's happening with society, with the government, with everything that's taking place, the chaos, I see it as the end times unfolding. Now, sure, we would like to be exempt from the tribulation of the end times. But the Bible says we're going to go through it. We're gonna go through hardship and tribulation. Now, I don't know when we'll be raptured. We will be raptured before the wrath of God is poured out on the Antichrist. I know that. But I also feel and believe that what we see in the end times, we will not be exempt from all of it. And therefore, I've gotta keep my eyes on the promise. What's the promise? It's Jesus Christ. What's the promise? I'm going to spend eternity with him. Things may happen, and I don't want it to happen. And there might be another shutdown. There might be five more shutdowns. There might be all kinds of things that we're wrestling with and challenged by. But it's a part of the process, and I'm keeping my eye on the promise. Because in the dark, I'm holding on. And what I'm holding on to most of all is my hope in Jesus Christ. I'm gonna invite our musicians back. And in this final thoughts, I wanna lead us into a time of prayer. So I ask you, those that are in this auditorium, I ask you, in a moment when we stand, not to slip out, not to leave early, but I want you to remain because in a few moments, we're gonna open these altars. And I'm gonna begin to pray because I believe there's many that are in a process right now. They're in a process towards some promises. The ultimate promise is eternity with God the Father. But there's other promises. A promise for your health, a promise for your family, a promise for your career. There's other promises. The promise of ministry. The promise of what God wants to do in and and through you. A promise for a loved one. 
promise for a neighbor. So many promises that God releases. And I believe in a moment, God is going to begin to do a work in you and me. But in the final thought, this journey, the journey to the unknown of what God has is going to require for you and I joy and thanksgiving. Now, coming out of this Thanksgiving weekend, I'm holding on and I'm believing in the hope of what God has. But can I tell you that in the process, the greatest thing that could happen is yes, I'm persevering, yes. I'm, 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 I'm standing on the word. I'm walking in obedience. Yes, I, I'm not gonna give in. I'm, I'm holding on and I'm praying. But can I tell you the greatest tool that you and I have is to let joy and thanksgiving begin to come from our hearts. As you're praising him and as you're worshiping him, there's an overflow. I mean, my soul, the scripture says, magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in my God and my savior. There is something that happens when you begin to praise him. So Lord, in these next few moments, I believe that you've led us to preach this message on all of our campuses this weekend. Because Father, there is breakthrough. There is, a, there is a release. There is that which you're wanting to do. And today, God, I'm believing that in these next few moments, as we open these altars, that God, you're gonna to begin to build within each and every one the resilience and the perseverance and a faith that is built in you that helps us to move through the process. Father, today we are in a moment, a moment of surrender, a moment, oh God, where we're asking that you would strengthen our faith and help us to walk this life of obedience. The greatest thing that we could do today is to open our hearts to you. And so I pray that in these next few moments, for those that are in this moment of darkness, for this moment of waiting, for this season, Father, of uncertainty, I pray, Father, that you would help us to declare like Mary my soul magnifies you. I rejoice in you. And Father, as we praise you, that Father, strength and peace and anointing would be released. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.